Hello and welcome to another episode of Sounds Like Comics, the podcast devoted to all things comic books in movies and TV. I'm Luke from That Film Stew. My co-host today is Jason. Oh, g'day. How you going? Welcome to the podcast. Yeah. Today's topic, Evolution, the film directed by Ivan Reitman. It stars David Duchovny, Orlando Jones, Sean William Scott, Julianne Moore and Ted Levine. This is your warning. We will be talking spoilers. Is this a movie you've seen before? I have. I, I, it's one of those movies where I don't know the number of times I've watched it. Um, not to say like that I'm overly super duper in love with it. It's just one that I've just revisited multiple times and I'm going to assume you've done the same. I'm very fond of this movie. I remember first seeing posters for it. Oh, I was, must have been 16 in the US. So they got it before we did in the UK. And just the smiley face with the three eyes everywhere. And then from the director of Ghostbusters. And I was excited for it. I don't remember the like the theatrical run of it. I don't know if for some reason it was just off my radar. This was um, like, you know, when it was available to rent at the video store. That was the first time I picked it up. I was like, this looks funny. Picked it up. It was a new release, whatever. And yeah, the first thought I had watching it was like, this is Ghostbusters with aliens. And at that time, I didn't even realize it was the same director. You're not the only one to make that connection. <laughs> I mean, I it's, mean it's obvious. It's almost the same movie. I mean, we can get into it. But yeah, it's, it's extremely similar. So it, it is good that it's directed by Ivan Reitman, who, of course, did direct Ghostbusters. But this came out in 2001. I watched it at the cinema. As soon as it came out on DVD, bought the DVD, still have it today. Yeah. It's a movie I spent not scratched up. It's no, <laughs> and it's a movie I spent a lot of time with, but it has been a while since I've revisited it in time for this review. So I think my opinion has changed slightly. There's one character in particular who's fairly problematic, and I'm talking about Orlando Jones. I mean, keep in mind, he's a teacher. I th- yeah, I, there was something I picked up as well. Um, yeah, he likes them young. <laughs> he's, not even, he's not even shy about it. No, he's not. So that's like kind of the whole thing with his own character. He's, of course, playing Harry Block, not Black Block. And that's a joke that they used to good effect in the movie. Yeah. I didn't intend to I mean, start two... with Orlando Jones, <laughs> but here we are. Oh, but I mean... Another thing with his character is that, you know, he's very open about the fact that he is a black character. He is one of the only black characters in the movie. And, you know, there's, there's that commentary and that running gag, that joke about, you know, the tropes of the black character in movies, what happens to them, you know, they die first or, you know, he has a lot to say and it, it's all in good humor and stuff. But yeah, it, it's, uh, you know, it, it it's from a different time. Yeah. What is character doing? Yeah. It's, it's, his character works. For, for that time, but I think he is the character that does stick out, like you wouldn't have a character like that today. He's definitely loud, he's, he's the comic relief, but, you know, still very likable, and I think a lot of the, the really big jokes and really big memorable moments and lines uh, that at least I always go back to when I think of this movie are from his character, so... I think it, it's, it's suited that you talked about him first, I reckon, even though you did lead in with it being a problematic thing. We're looking for quotes. We've got Sean William Scott as Wayne Gray. 
what happened to that guy? Like, I know he still pops up in every now and then. Sean William Scott was in Lethal Weapon season three. Yeah, I mean, that was but still pretty recent, most, wasn't it? Yeah, but it, other than that, I can't think of like big things that he was doing. If you go back to late 90s, early 2000s, mm. it was everywhere. It was with The Rock in Welcome to the Jungle. He had Bulletproof Monk, obviously American Pie, which, you know, where we first met him. He had heaps of stuff, and now not so much. But it's not a where are, where are they now podcast. <laughs> I mean, we evolution podcast. Okay, let's get back on it. The plot of the film follows college professor Ira Kane, played by Dave Duchovny, and geologist Harry Block, played by Orlando Jones, who investigate a meteor crash in Arizona. They discover that the meteor harbors extraterrestrial life, which is evolving very quickly into large, diverse, and outlandish creatures. So instead of ghosts, we've got aliens that are rapidly evolving. Yeah, but I mean, the aliens, you know, they're not like, uh, you know, green men with, with like big heads and stuff. They're, they start off like they're the organism type things, you know, very microscopic. Um, but as they, as with the title of the movie, Evolution, they do evolve into little monsters. So we essentially get like a, a monster flick, little creatures, all Apes. shapes and sizes. Even prime, yeah, yeah, primates and flying winged tookie tookie things, and <laughs> like, you, you get all sorts. So it's not like Kakaka. This is a very quotable movie. You know, talking about and again, primate. whose line is that? That's <laughs> Wayne it's, Gray, Sean William oh, Scott. You know, he's got the line. Well, he, oh, that's a face for radio. Mm. That's always stayed with me. That's one of his lines. There's so many, there's so many lines, but you know, like it's not just, it's not your traditional type alien movie, you know, like they come down to in a spaceship and they're abducting people and you know, they're trying to, oh, they are trying to kill pretty much everything, but it's an alien slash monster flick. And that's what I like. Creature feature, like little dinosaurs with wings and teeth. There's a lot of of CGI. That toad thing that looks like a dog, but it's not a dog at all. Not even close. (laughs) There's a lot of CGI in this. I think it's it's showing the time that it came out, where it was was, no longer in the 90s. When watching it again, I was thinking, I was like, obviously one of the things we're going to talk about is the special effects. And I'm like, look, it is is dated to an extent and there is an obvious over-reliant use on on the special effects. But do you know what? With the tone of the movie uh, and with the level of quality that the special effects are, like the CGI, it kind of works for me. And I just go with it. It's not, you know, like sometimes when you watch like old cheap sort of borderline B-grade sci-fi or horror movies or monster movies or whatever, and it's just like the CGI is shocking. It's terrible. This all kind of works. It just meshed really well. I agree. So, yeah, it's not it's not perfect, but it you know it doesn't look like a video game. It it, it just it just works within the universe. Well, there's, there's a, a bit of practical blended in as well. There's a little bit, but it not is, enough. Not it's enough. Heavily CGI. Yeah, because if you go back definitely. a couple of years earlier and you had something like Men in Black, mm. they were able to merge the two. Lean on practical effects, but CGI when needed. Where this one, they went heavier on the CGI, but again, it, it for some reason just really works. And I think the tone of the movie, like the, the type of comedy that they were going for and humour and all that, it all just kind of worked. And I think 
because they were leaning so heavy on the CGI, the designs, when it came to the aliens, the designers were able to just go crazy. Like, especially when you see all the different bugs and creatures, it's you know really interesting to watch. There's a creature where it's walking forwards, backwards. It's just it's an interesting. It's coming or going. They, it's an interesting world that they managed to put together. You know, originally it was written as a serious science fiction horror movie. I mean, that's clearly not what we got. I mean, it's a PG movie. But My question to you, okay. being the big Ghostbusters fan, was Ghostbusters written as a serious horror flick or something? No, it was always a comedy. I mean, it was Dan Aykroyd. Right, okay. That the original idea, and it was like time-travelling, like a, a team of ghost hunters that would travel through time and space. And right, Ivan Reitman, okay. who was going to be the director, is like, hang on, Dan Aykroyd. This Let's is pull back a bit too expensive. We need to get Harold <laughs> Ramis to come on board, and we can change it slightly, and then we've got Ghostbusters. So the idea well, Dan Aykroyd, he featured on I don't know if I'm dropping that too soon. I'm yeah, sorry. He's in this, and he's good. Like he's a welcome addition to the film, and it just again, there's like it, the DNA of this film just feels like Ghostbusters. You know, you've got the director, the beats of the film. You've instead of an old ambulance, you've got a fire engine. Instead, well, I mean, they had a fire station in, yeah. uh, in Ghostbusters as their headquarters. So, fire truck things. Uh, you know, it, all the elements are there. <laughs> Instead of proton packs, these guys have got head and shoulders. Absolutely. Even the smiley face logo. That's what Ghostbusters started with, the no ghost logo. And then all of a sudden, marketing for this movie, before anything, you saw this face with the three eyes. Yeah. I mean, the whole premise is, you know, you've got these college professors. Um, again, there's, there's similarities to their personalities. You know, you've got sort of like the, the dry humour type. That's the Bill Murray character from Ghostbusters. Um, and you've got David Duchovny's character in this movie, you know, like there's that similarity there and then it's them too. And they recruit another sort of, I guess the average Joe being Sean William Scott's character. And then, yeah, it just, it just goes from there. Like the DNA really is Ghostbusters. Do you want to talk box office? This movie made a bit of money. I'll tell you how much, and it might explain why we never got a sequel. Budget of 80 million, it grossed internationally 98.4 million. We never got a sequel, but what we did get though, and I rewatched a few episodes in preparation for this a short lived animated series. The full title Alienators Evolution Continues, of course, loosely based on the film, and it was broadcast months after the film was released. So they had it ready to go. Right now, I was going to try and check out uh, at least the first, like the first couple of episodes or something that you, I think you said were available online. I need to get a chance to it. On so HD and you, oh, wow. HD. Wow. Mm. But um, I also asked you this question. I was like, why are we doing this on Sounds Like Comics? What's the deal? Uh, is, there a, is this based on a comic? Did they make a comic book series out of this? And then you pointed out this, the animated show, and I think your words were, it at least should have been made into a comic. And I think I agree, especially looking at the designs for the animated animated show. Ask me a question. Ask me if it sounds like comics. Does this movie, this property sound like comics? Yes. (laughs) It qualifies. It it does. It sounds like comics. Why am I here? Over the years. (laughs) Yeah. No, but like like I said, like you said, you know, like... 
this probably this would work as a comic book strip if if tomorrow they announced you know like at least whether they use the the designs from that animated show or not if they're like look there's an evolution graphic novel or comic book series line coming out i'd be keen when it comes to the animated series it's almost in name only like you've got characters with the same names you know the, the wayne gray character's got blonde hair but it, it very much is like its own thing. And, <laughs> and the three extreme, are, not extreme, the whatever it's called, real Ghostbusters. That's because they didn't have the rights, a likeness rights thing. I'm not <laughs> sure. Happened again here. Interestingly, in the animated series, though, the three eyed yellow ghost, like the smiley face, is a character. And you know what oh, wow. his thing to do is? He farts. That's the gag. He just gives huh. off gas. But then this Coil movie itself, like, you know, there's a lot of toilet humor in this movie but uh, Ivan Reitman let's talk about him what a what a guy what a director he gave us Ghostbusters and more he's given us other things that I'm drawing a blank and I'm feeling bad about Ghostbusters 2 he did do that Animal <laughs> oh, I was going to say Animal House but that was Jalandis Stripes he gave us Stripes Bill Murray right. and Harold Ramis oh, I just started thinking he's given of... us a lot I, was, I just started thinking, I couldn't think of any of his movies. I just started thinking of all the poor Feig movies for some reason. Yeah, no, different person. Different Ghostbusters different person, director. Different Ghostbusters, yeah. I was going to say, I was like, oh, he did, he did Bridesmaids, didn't he? But no, obviously not him. Didn't he do Twins with Arnie and DeVito? And then really? later, Junior, when he got those guys back together, the one where Arnie's oh. Anyway, so it that's how right, man. I think we've um, done a It makes sense that that would be the same director. Because, yeah. <laughs> Wait, you were meant to do the prep on all this. Where's the where's the facts? This is the thing. I thought I knew enough about Ivan Reitman, but I feel as though my knowledge just sticks or stays with Ghostbusters. Mate, you're doing it with confidence. Ivan Reitman, the director of Ghostbusters, Evolution, and And Ghostbusters 2. Let's get to the (laughs) cast. We've already talked about Orlando Jones, Sean William Scott. The main guy in this, Dave Duchovny. This is a very different role for him, and he is playing... Dr. Ira Kane. Yeah, I mean, um, Duchovny, I mean, everyone knows him as uh, Mulder from X-Files. That's him. At least up until this time, that was mainly him. Um, so, what, serious for the most part. Was this was this like his first comedy? Had he done? Has he, he done comedy done, since? He may have done some smaller things. Um, I think, I mean, Californication, that was a comedy. It has humour. Like, like, like a comedy comedy drama tongue-in-cheek kind of drama yeah yeah i did do but, some research nah. when it comes to david coffney <laughs> not reitman but coffney he turned down a role in star wars episode two attack of the clones he made right. the right choice yeah. that movie's terrible i watched it again recently could he have fixed it could he have made that no movie? it's a bad movie ah fair call but he's, he's fine in this. Like, you know, there's funny things happening around him, but for the most part, his delivery is very dry, which is what we know of his character from, from the X-Files. I like his character in this, and I think the fact that he it is such a different role for him and it's something that I guess we don't really, from memory, see him do ever again, I think it kind of makes it kind of special and it's like a very unique thing. Like, this character is a one-of-a-kind. And it kind of makes me want to see, or at least wanted to see, um, the company do more comedy roles with this sort of dry humour. It works. Yeah, he is. He is good in this. Julianne Moore as Dr. Alison Reed, the clumsy Alison Reed. 
Yeah. <laughs> and you know, that was Moore's idea for her to be a klutz. Which right. you, I, I don't like that about her character, but I guess that's it's, it's part of who she only, is. It's the only part of her character. I, I don't understand why it's there. It seems forced. And it's too it seems silly. A bit, I like the yeah, and it's coming like, from the, that, the absurdity of the aliens and then characters reacting to that. But when she's right. walking towards Ira Kane, about reaches out to shake his hand and just falls. I don't know. It's a bit. It's a bit too again. Uh, I'm just gonna have to obviously do another Ghostbusters comparison where it's like you know how Ghostbusters is a comedy in itself, but the main comedy comes from the characters doing their thing. It's a very real world situation and real characters projecting humor. Whereas for the most part in this movie, the characters are doing that as well, except. Julianne Moore's character when she's being slapstick and falling over and being a bit of a goofball. It's it seems it seems like um, what's his name's character from the Ghostbusters reboot. <laughs> the what's his name uh, uh, for Kevin. Chris Hemsworth? Yeah, Kevin. Where it's like the character's name is not, Kevin. I remember that. Yeah, where he's not a real. He just doesn't seem like a real person. Not to that extent, but she's borderline doing that. Everything else about her character, I like. She's strong, competent, smart, uh, you know, stands up for herself. Uh, I do feel the relationship between her and Duchovny's character seemed kind of just, again, forced. Yeah, it just happens. It just the relationship happens. just and happens. Like, and it's kind of funny yeah. in the moment where someone's coming on to her. Oh, she's in the back with... Wayne Gray and he's talking to her and she's like, oh, I'm kind of with him. You know, it was pointing to... It's like, oh, I are you? Yeah. Because he, he flirted he, with her, you know, like... Yeah, came out of the, the elevator door and stuff. But, you know, even earlier, like a couple of days prior, she had overheard him say pretty nasty stuff about her being like emotionalist, something about, I don't know, like no... I'm going to stick up her ass. But yeah. 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 It's like, how does one move I past think, so easily? Yeah, I mean... I guess on one hand, he, he was making sexist remarks and it was choosing the workplace and it was inappropriate and all those things. But I don't think he was necessarily like being, I don't know, like, yeah, he was in the wrong for saying that. And this, but back in 2001, it had been more acceptable. But it wasn't like attacking her as a person, if that makes sense. No, it was attacking her as a person. It actually wasn't a gender director thing at all. It was like her as a per, her personality because he knew her or something. I don't know. It was her. Okay, maybe just how I didn't. I never took it as being malicious, and I don't know. But again, I'm not. He was clearly in the wrong for saying what he was saying. Yeah, but again, the type of movie that this is, I'm going to stop sticking up for the (laughs) music. Let's talk about Wayne Wayne Gray a little bit more. Sean William Scott. I mean, we we have done his character. The movie opens with his character in practice, right? Yeah, firefighter. It's interesting. This started with him. Um, Again, the most quotable. In the whole movie, Tuki Tuki, Kaka Kaka, it's it's brilliant, and it, and then he's, well, I mean, he's in the shopping mall as the dragon, and he's singing, and then Harry's like, "Come on, man, rub some funk on it," like encouraging him to sing more. <laughs> it's it's a fun thing. <laughs> I think we've established that Kaka Kaka and Tuki Tuki don't work. It's great. Like, there's so many takeaway lines from this movie. Uh, but yeah, Wayne he he does actually provide um quite a lot like his character to the plot to the overall success of of uh i guess the mission you know like he's not just there like oh like why are you here he's he plays a part 
It does. Number one, I mean, he's involved in in discovering it, and but he comes up with the well, he doesn't come up with the head and shoulders thing, but you know, he does a few things along the way. The singing, you know, obviously gets that bird thing. Solves that. Oh, he does a few more things. I can't remember. But he, it's the he two brothers. The two brothers yeah. are the ones that have the idea of head and shoulders. And we've got Ethan Supley as Deke Donald and Michael Bauer as Danny Donald. We see them in the movie. They're entertaining, but they actually do become quite integral and part of the team. And they're the ones yeah. that are helping with head and shoulders. And and Ira's like, how do you know that? You guys don't know anything. I'm yeah, because I mean, every other time you've seen flick them, free, uh, <laughs> every other time you've seen them previously, like dumb, just dumb. Yeah, yeah, like they're talking about their, their paper on, well, their paragraph on cells is about a prison cell. Yeah, and then like, <laughs> later they're just getting drunk in outside the the school. Like, but no, they're the well, they they're the heroes. They come up with a bright idea. That's it. You need your big bad stick in the mud character. We've got Ted Levine as General Russell Woodman. And he's great. He's got the uniform, Maybe. he's got the tash. He does, he he does what Ted Levine does. He, it's, his, it's his type of role. So nothing, nothing special there. But no, he does it well. Of course, we mentioned Dan Aykroyd already playing Governor Lewis. So it's um, more of an extended cameo, really. I mean, he is Pretty much, yeah. playing a part, but they've clearly got him in because he's Dan Aykroyd from Ghostbusters. That's why he's <laughs> and there. And this is Ghostbusters with aliens. It really is. Yeah, I remember watching it at the cinema thinking, this is going to be the closest I'll get to see Ghostbusters on the big screen. But then, of course, we got the Paul Feig movie in 2016. And I have since gone back and watched the, um, the original 84 movie, movie at the sure. cinema. That was really, really cool. Let's talk costumes. We don't have flight suits and proton packs, but these guys are dressed as firefighters. They've still got a costume. And although I mean, they don't put the Smiler Face logo on the side of the fire truck, we do get a bit of graphics at the end of the movie where it looks like it is on the door and it flashes towards the camera. So it's kind <laughs> of like they're doing the don't. It's like if we got a sequel, they would do it. Oh, definitely. They would, they would commercialize it and try and make a buck and you know, market themselves as you know, alien extinguishers. But I think we've we've talked tonally, like the, the striking a good balance. You know, with the CGI, it can get a bit cartoony, but it works with this being a comedy, action, sci-fi movie. It just means they can do more with creature designs. They can have fun with it. And we get something more than just, oh, hey, that looks like a dog or that looks like a dragon, that looks like a dinosaur. It's a mixture of and hybrids of whatever they want. There's that frog toad looking thing with the xenomorph like graboid mouth thing coming out of its mouth i think the designs in this movie are just fantastic and as bonkers as they are in this film just imagine what they didn't get to use because there had to have been some designs where it's like that's too far you can't put that in this movie <laughs> too far well i like how the the movie actually progresses i mean the movie evolves much like the creatures we i mean it, it literally starts there they in a petri dish of just little cellular organism things and they're multiplying and then they're multiplying and getting bigger. And eventually we start to get like the bug like things and the worms and the mosquito and they just get bigger and bigger. And then winged dragons, primates, it's all there, man. Nuts. It's bloody God. It, it is impressive. Honestly, you know, watching it 
again recently it does still hold up and it's it does still work and i think it's because it was some of that early cgi but it wasn't some of that bad early cgi like i don't know like it wasn't scorpion, scorpion king, king. <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah it wasn't, wasn't the scorpion king that's the worst. Oh, the Mummy Returns, where we first saw the rock become Scorpion King, that's the worst. The, the... I think that's what, yeah, that's what I was referring to, the Scorpion King in the Mummy Returns. Right, okay, I was, I was talking more of a spin-off, but anyway, yours no, was that, the right answer. I mean, just as bad, comic. just as bad. We've got John Powell. He does a decent job. Um, I think they did miss a trick, though. They could have just gone full Ghostbusters, called up Ray Parker Jr. I'm sure he'd have been no. available. We need a new song. Give us a theme song. Yeah. <laughs> but instead they, you know, they do fall back on, you know, like songs, soundtrack of, uh, you know, what sounds good. And yeah, they, they do. play yeah, that the, funky music. The songs, you know? <laughs> yeah, the songs that they choose fit the movie really well. And then the score, like there's, there's a good theme running through it. So it does, it works. The end of the film, we don't quite get a post credit scene what we do get the three main characters perform a commercial for head and shoulders and the idea yeah, that's right but the idea for this came from jason reitman the son of ivan reitman who is the director of the new ghostbusters movie how'd you like that mm. honestly it is hard to talk about this movie without mentioning ghostbusters it is not possible i mean i, I i've mentioned ghostbusters at least six times i think I oh, think yeah. Uh, yeah, we've said Ghostbusters more than we've said evolution. <laughs> what do you think of, you know, like just the head and shoulders thing as a whole? Um, I mean, obviously, the, there's, there's a joke there, the fact that it's like, hey, this the, the thing that will save us is just this random product that people can just buy from a supermarket. But is it blatant product placement? I mean, it is. It is. I mean, it works. <laughs> it clearly is. Even <laughs> <It really laughs> at the end. But it does fit the story. Interestingly though, I did a bit of research. So the ingredient, the selenium sulfide, there's a particular treatment of head and shoulders that features 1%. So you're not getting <laughs> a lot. Whereas I think the standard head and shoulders doesn't actually have the ingredient they use to stop the alien. Right, so it's a bit of a bit of fiction, I think. That... Like the rest of the movie. <laughs> so it's kind <laughs> of okay. <laughs> yeah. So if aliens start dropping from the sky, don't be rushing out and buying head and shoulders because it might not save oh, no. you. Unless that was the old recipe of head and shoulders, they had to change it because they realised there was, was possibly earth-shattering consequences. Yeah, too much of a threat. <laughs> <laughs> if I use too much head and shoulders, will I melt? Maybe. Okay, so let's rate this thing. Evolution. <laughs> if we're going to rate it out of five, I'll let you go first. Um, I just want to throw in one more Ghostbusters comparison. I mean, the big giant like uh, alien cluster thing explodes. Like the marshmallow. Like stay puffed. But again, okay. about the <laughs> toilet humour, how do they get up in there? Pizza ass. That's it. I got some unfinished business. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the scene with Harry and the creature and the get it out. There's always time for lubricant. There's <laughs> always time. Hilarious. Can we get you anything? Ice cream. What flavor? Doesn't matter. It's for my ass. <laughs> um, I, I will rate this. Uh, always, always 
having fun every time I, I revisit this. Um, it's a it's a good fun, but I'm not going to go nuts with it because it's not you know it's it's not a masterpiece, but it's I think it's exactly what it sets out to be. Um, funny for the majority of it. The effects I think are fine for what they are, and they work within the tone. Um, yeah, this is Ghostbusters with aliens, but you know what? That's that's not a problem because Ghostbusters is is awesome. So um, so I'm not going to go nuts. 3.5, which might be a little bit low, but I, I just don't want to get crazy with it. But I get where highly, you're from. Highly enjoy it. Highly like it a lot. Highly like it. Yeah, I'm going with that statement. That works, I guess. Yeah, put this on the poster. Movie. Highly like it. <laughs> it is a clever and entertaining sci-fi comedy that features all the things that made Ghostbusters great. It ain't up there with Ghostbusters, though, but it does feature a lot of the same elements. I've always enjoyed this movie, and I enjoyed the rewatch. But I'm, I'm going to be measured in my rating. And I think 3.5 out of 5 is a good score for this movie. It still holds up as an entertaining comedy. The action works, the effects. There's a lot to enjoy with this movie. So it's definitely a recommend. I mean, if you're listening to this, hopefully you have seen the movie because we've done a lot of the best jokes. <laughs> but it's, if you've seen it and you've not seen it in a while, it's definitely worth going back and having a rewatch. Well, that's it for our episode all about evolution. If you want to contact us about this episode or request a topic for an upcoming show, you can find us on Facebook as Sounds Like Comics Podcast. Jason, thanks for being on the show today. Uh, yeah, always good when you drag me into one of these. You enjoyed the movie. <laughs> I did. Now it gives me an excuse to check out something like this. You're welcome. Again. As always, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. <laughs>